It's the Rally the Valley podcast presented by Town Place Suites by Marriott. I'm your host, Jonah Goldberg, and this week we're joined by Vince Volpe. He's the Deputy Director of Athletics and Chief Revenue Officer for UTRGV Athletics and UTRGV Baseball Head Coach, Derek Matlock. Vince, we'll start with you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jonah. Always good to be with you. Vince, I know this has been a really difficult time. I want to start with UTRGV Men's Basketball Head Coach Lou Hill passed away on February 7th at the age of 55. What are some of your favorite memories of Coach Hill? When I think about Coach Hill, my mind goes to several different places. I remember sitting in NRG Stadium at the Final Four. We were looking at Coach Lou Hill as he was on the bench for Oklahoma coaching in the Final Four game. I believe that was the semifinal game against Villanova. They did not win that game. Actually, Villanova ended up winning the national championship that year. As we were in communication with Coach Hill, after that game, he went back with the team, landed in the Rio Grande Valley to officially interview. Both he and Renee came down. So that's where my mind went. My mind went to that first day at McAllen International Airport as I waited for Coach Hill to come out of the gate. Coach Hill had a tremendous way about him, the way he carried himself, the expectations he had for those around him, and the tremendous accessibility he afforded all of us in the department. I know he was very accessible to you and to the media. I thought about a wonderful five years of memories. And then lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the gratitude that I have for Coach Hill, because we all know this was a difficult job. We all know what the records were for many, many years, decades, really. I was appreciative of the fact that Coach Hill had turned around a program that was actually a program, something that all of us could be proud of, something that all of us could respect and was gaining traction and attention, not just throughout the Valley, not just throughout the state, but throughout the country. You're the chief revenue officer. You've been able to be a part of bringing in nearly $800,000 for UTRGV Athletics. It's a point of pride for all of us here in the athletic department to be able to do what we've done in month 11 of a global pandemic speaks volumes to our supporters. That $800,000 in philanthropy has blown me away. It's been remarkable to see how some of our most loyal supporters have stepped up pre-pandemic and during the pandemic. We've strategically made the decision to re-engage those folks and ask them to lock in and pledge their support. But really credit to our base of support because they've seen the need that still exists and are willing to lock it in and ride with us for three to five years in most cases. What kind of impact can this level of giving make on UTRGV athletics? What it does is it sets a baseline of support for the next three to five years. So as we build budgets and we start to think creatively and differently here at UTRGV athletics, we're able to forecast things now that aren't starting from ground zero. Previously, we would raise our money in the annual fund and whatever that might be. Some of it might be restricted. Some of it might be unrestricted. But ultimately, every fiscal year, it dwindled down to zero. Now, on September 1st, when we open the books, instead of zero, it starts at a quarter million or more. 
and we're able to build off of that. We can think about infrastructure needs that have really been deferred maintenance, for lack of a better way to put it, or locker room improvements or locker room building in some cases for certain sports. It provides us a foundation for the future success of our department. We're talking very big numbers. If I wanted to get involved, but can't afford to talk in the $100,000 range, am I still able to make an impact? We often get lost in large numbers, whether it's UTRGV Athletics raising nearly $800,000 or seven-figure significant donations or corporate partnerships in the six-figure level. These are things that make headlines, yes, because they're grand, but the reality is the V-Club has various ways to get involved all the way down to $100 a year. We have preferred and premium seating options. That might be courtside seats in basketball or volleyball. We have an access point for anybody. It can be the family of four that wants to come to a game once a month, all the way up to a Fortune 100 company that wants to support us at a corporate or philanthropic level. Switching gears, baseball season is about to get underway. So what's it going to be like attending baseball games this year? We're excited to welcome approximately 1,000 fans into our ballpark. That's the biggest number for any of our venues, quite frankly, because our baseball stadium is the largest venue we have. We'll be at approximately 20% capacity with 1,000 fans in attendance. Those seats will be socially distanced in several different pods. We'll have two groups of student sections. We'll have pods of two, four, and six seats in the bleachers as well as in the chairbacks. Our suites and our corrals that we created last year, those are also sold out. Those folks are excited to come back and re-engage with us and cheer on the Vaqueros. But even in those areas, we're going to have significant protocols to ensure the safety of not just those fans, but our student athletes, our coaches, our staff. We'll have to wear masking at all times when in the stadium. We'll put up plexiglass barriers between each corral. We'll have increased custodial staff in the restrooms and in high touch point areas, whether that's the front gate, the back gate, the handrails going up and down the stadium. We'll have increased personnel from a police standpoint. We're going to hire a professional ushering crew focused on adherence to our protocols. These ushers, along with our staff, along with our security, along with our custodial staff, will have a significant increased presence at baseball all around the common theme of safety for everyone involved. Are single game tickets available for baseball? We will have seats to sell on an advanced or walk-up basis. So folks will have the opportunity to purchase those in advance. They'll be on their email so they can purchase them in advance and the tickets will be dropped right into their account and visible on their phone. Or they can walk up to the window the day of the game. Again, I'd be remiss if I didn't put in a plug. I would caution everybody and encourage everybody to do it in advance because there is always that opportunity if you wait to the last minute that you wait till 6.30 to walk up to the baseball stadium for the 7 p.m. first pitch. And those seats are sold either to season ticket holders or folks that bought in advance. And there could come a point where we have to tell folks that we are max capacity for this game.
if you have the ability to log on and purchase in advance, that's the surest way to guarantee your seat if you're not already a season ticket holder. Vince Volpe, Deputy Director of Athletics and Chief Revenue Officer at UTRGV. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jonah. Always good to be with you. The Rally the Valley podcast presented by Town Play Suites by Marriott Rolls On. We're now joined by UTRGV baseball head coach Derek Matlock. Coach, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Coach, I want to start with your friend, Coach Lou Hill. He was the men's basketball head coach here, passed away tragically on February 7th at the age of 55. When you think back to Coach, what are some of your favorite memories of him? He just was such a great person, made you feel so welcome and comfortable. And as our years went on here, even the first year was a rough one. He was always, hey, man, this first one's tough. Just keep fighting. And he was always real supportive and and then, of course, when we won a championship. That was the first phone call I got. You don't run into people like that every day that care for other people more than he cares about himself. And so that was one quality that I saw in him from right off the start. How excited are you to finally get back on the field and start playing other teams? About as excited as a kid getting ready for Christmas. I'm fired up to watch these old guys play and see what we can do. What's it been like going through these last 11 months without being able to play another team? When you take away the ability to be competitive against other teams, then you take away what we do for a living. And that's why we love what we do so much is it's the compete part of it. You said, hey, you get to coach baseball all the time, but you don't get to play. That wouldn't be any fun. We want to play, and it's a purpose to play is to win and win something. That's what makes our job so fun and so competitive, and that's why we love it. Well, you've got 56 games. must feel good to be able to fill out your schedule in such a strong way. It is. And when you're way down here in the bottom of Texas, you get nervous because there ain't a lot of people when you have open dates that are jumping down into your place that far away. So we're pretty fortunate to have 56. And now we just got to do things right off the field and in the rooms and do a good job in the bubble to where we can play them all. The first of those other teams is Lamar. They're a future whack opponent. Nice to be able to get an early look at them. It is, and we've played them a couple years back at third place. they got a nice facility, a great coaching staff, and they're going to be a great program. Their recruiting base is not too far away from Houston, and East Texas is a power baseball part of the state, and they get a lot of great players. So they're always going to be a great team and a great competitor. It'd be nice to show them, hey, man, welcome to the WAC before you're actually in the WAC and try to win the series against them. Tell us about your team this year. I know about half your guys are back, and then the other half are newcomers. What can we expect to see? The second team guy can play as good as the first team guy almost at every position. That's probably the biggest thing I'm nervous about right now is we've got guys that are playing to play. And that sometimes can generate some failure because they're trying too hard. And then we've got to kind of make a decision on who has a skill set, the defense ability and the offense ability to try to give them a chance to be a guy because we are deep. I mean, our number two team has been beating our number one team. It's pretty even. It could probably be a lot of different guys on the field. But when you go back to experience with Grubbs, Alexander, Hurst, Sepulveda, Diaz, Atwood, those guys have been here a long time. But we do have some guys that are new that are pressing those guys. And we're going to let the guys that play the best play. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to stay out of it and let the players write the lineup. That's just how it's going to be. And that's how we've always done it with the culture of accountability and performance-based. But it's exciting to see the depth. That doesn't always mean you're going to win because you can only have nine on the field. So it could help us in the COVID situation with the bad test or contact tracing. But in the grand scheme of things, we got to find the guys that want to compete to play. You mentioned a lot of the big hitters coming back. Guys averaged six runs per game last year. Is that something that might even go up based on just the level of depth you have now? 
that's something we've liked here, me and Coach Rayleigh, since we've been here. A one through nine guy lineup that can really compete and cause the starting pitcher to really have to make pitches all the way through the lineup. We've always had some punch outs sprinkled in that lineup that happen often. Guys with real high strikeouts, and hopefully that's something we can eliminate. Put some heat on starting pitchers because with a four game weekend, if you can put some heat on a starting pitcher and get in their bullpen, it can really cause havoc for four games in three days. So the bullpen is going to be very important, and you don't want starters to cover games. If they cover the big majority of the game, that team's got a chance to win the series because their bullpen's rested. You've got a nasty back end of your bullpen between guys like Ricky Garrick and Chase Bridges, Ricky Arevalo. And what do you think we're going to be seeing down the stretch in your games? I think we got a legit guy that can compete for the stop of the year in the conference back there with Chase Bridges. Derek Cervantes is a guy that has the same type of quality stuff. Throwing there 92 to 94 with really good breaking ball. Jarek is just a great competitor with great three-pitch mix. Ricky Aravella is the guy that's old. He's been here a long time. You know what you're going to get out of him. And there's some guys that can be pushed to the pin that are really good velo guys. We got a guy, uh, Jorge Trevino, who's 90 with one of the best breaking balls in the team that's in here that's going to jump back there and help us, it looks like. And freshman Zach Chalman, who's been 90-91 in some inner squads with a really good slider. He showed some little compete. And Zach DeLeon, you know, is Kisner going to stay on a starting row? Is he going to get bumped to the pin? So we're going to build a bullpen. It's just going to be finding out who really can end up winning those starting spots, and then we'll end up pushing some guys into the one-inning spots. They had a really strong starting rotation last year. Kevin Stevens, Max Balderrama, they're both back. What do you think we'll be seeing in the rotation this year? Kevin Palm has started off with a really big bang the way he threw his first outing. Kevin Stevens was outstanding up to 94 and good breaking ball, good change up. Balderrama's got to get going again. Those two guys could be in it again, but you got J.C. Ariza from Jersey that was one of the best guys in the fall. Colton Davis has really grown up. A guy that's been here for a while, the guy that got the start against Texas Tech a long time ago. He's up to 92. He's big, strong now with a great breaking ball, great change up. He's fighting in there for one of those starting spots. The list goes on and on. The Rymac left-hander from Chicago is really, really polished kid with a downhill 90-monitor fastball with the projectability of more and a really good slider. So they're all going to fight. There's eight guys fighting for the four spots. Only time will tell. And then, of course, some of those guys will get pushed to long relief and some of them will get pushed back to the back end. Time will tell with that. But I'm excited with the depth. I think they're going to be fine. You touched on it a little while ago with the WAC this year. You have a four-game series, doubleheader every single Saturday. How is that going to be different for you when you lay out your plan for every weekend? It's definitely going to flip something that we've all done our whole lives different. We've all played three games. As a matter of fact, SEC, Big 12, Sun Belt, Pac-12, they've all stayed the same. They didn't want change. A uh, four-game weekend is exhausting. really gets into your bullpen. I think it finds the best team to go win a regional. When it comes down to it, I think it's hard because in a regional, you're going to play back-to-back games, too. If you lose one in a regional, you're going to have to win a double. We're going to try to start beefing up our Saturdays. Mentally, it's exhausting, but hopefully we play ourselves into shape and we get used to it because the team that loves to play and loves to be on the field is going to come out a lot. You have 24 games against teams that are ranked receiving votes in the preseason polls. How do you think that's going to help your team get ready for back play in the tournaments to come? It just gives us a chance to see where we're at. I think we're old enough to not lose too much confidence. We went into Oklahoma State last year with this exact same team and got beat up a little bit and come back in and didn't have a problem beating Houston and playing Baylor really tight and then getting on a pretty good win streak. So you got a chance to lose games, there's no doubt, but you got a chance to figure out your ball club, 
and find out the guys that can compete at the level that we're trying to compete at. Well, Coach, you get another chance to defend your WAC championship this year. Really excited for you and wishing you a lot of luck this season. Thanks, Joan. I appreciate you, man. This has been the Rally of the Valley podcast presented by Town Place Suites by Marriott. To check out archived episodes, visit goutrgv.com slash podcast.